Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. spiritual sequel podcast i am your host carter moss one half of the jansen brothers team and uh, i am forrest i've actually been (laughs) i've been contemplating whether to refer to ourselves as the hosts of this podcast because we don't really want it to feel like something that we're hosting that we're talking to you or at you we want Mm. this to be a dialogue between all of us this is this is the conversation after you've seen the movie and you get, you know, a slice of pie. It's that scene in True Romance where they're getting the pie in the little diner. That diner is actually down the street from us where we're recording this right now. Ray's, yeah. Nice place. Nice place. Still old school. Still it's really cheap, too. Really good food. Yeah. Great orange juice, too. It's a great spot. It's not in Detroit as pictured in the movie. It's, <laughs> it's in Santa Monica. When you're inside, you could be in Detroit. But I want this podcast to be a conversation, a discourse, a dialogue, much like that. So we're not your hosts. We're just two of your friends, whether you know us or not. At the end of this, you will. Again, I'm Forrest. And I'm Carter. Across from me is my brother, Carter Moss. Somewhat of a sequel. <laughs> I am the podcast. I am a physical incarnation. Manifestation. Ma- manifestation. Why? I couldn't believe I couldn't get that from That's your favorite Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. My favorite line. But not Destiny. I represent spiritual sequel. That's right. what this podcast is. It's all about. Let's yeah, get so, right into it. So, no. So, uh, we want to hear from you. So, let us know what your pitches are, what you thought in the movie. Yeah, we're going to be going through some cat. You know, we're going to do a casting call who should have been in the movie, certain roles. We're going to be talking about alternate pitches, things of that nature. Usually we're trying to continue the franchise. Sometimes you, there's podcasts where they try to redo this movie, which we've done in the past a little bit. We'll try to maybe recast this movie, but not... We'll try to make it... Well, when the movies work don't work, we'll do that. Yeah. But, and this this movie, today's movie, might be a perfect example of that. And I have a pitch to try to make this a little bit better, somewhat. If it should even exist. <laughs> Yeah, well, to give away what our feelings on this. Yeah, movie. yeah. I think uh, that's a good point. Place to start. I think Netflix wanted this movie to exist. I, there was a part of me that thinks Netflix secretly produced this movie to try to single-handedly destroy the theatrical film-going experience. Oh wow, that's so cynical. <laughs> They're like, if we if we make a movie that's so uncinematic, they're like, let's face. <laughs> hey guys, let's face it. We don't know how to make good movies, right? We're trying to beat all these theaters. But our movies suck, so let's just admit it. And instead, let's make theaters suck also. <laughs> we'll both be bad. <laughs> the funny thing is we actually like some Netflix movies, just not the ones that they promote. Yes, we've said this before, but yeah, there's... I liked Anon. I mm-hmm. even liked Outlaw King. Yeah. Um, don't like the ones, yeah, the Triple Frontiers and the... All the ones they put and, in your face all the time. A lot of it's like shock, too. Which is and the Adam Sandler, the dregs of Adam Sandler movies. Mm. Should we get right into it? 
I'm I'm ready to go. This you're locked this is and loaded. A, yeah, I, we should say I didn't even want to see this movie. Ne- I'm an action neither. movie junkie, and I I'll see the 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 worst mm. of the worst. We just did Angel Has Fallen, and I had to like hide how much I deep down wanted to see the movie. <laughs> um, the worst of the uh, my friends make fun of me all the times, all the time. The some of the movies I want to see are just the schlockiest hammiest action movies i can't get enough of them there's something about this series in general i mean this movie first of all i don't didn't even appear to be much of a rambo movie it, it there's one one scene in the opening where he is having flashbacks and yeah. i was like well this is interesting is this gonna be this ptsd flashback visions he gets that throw him back in the jungle or are he gonna get this the whole movie nope just for the opening scene never Me too. Again. i thought they I was were like oh, yeah there's an opportunity there. It's not the first time the series has done that. I mean, they actually do that in First Blood. There's a great scene when the cops are trying to cut his hair off, his oh, wow. mullet off. And as they're restraining him, he starts getting flashbacks of, you know, being back in Saigon and they're restraining him and they're scarring him with a knife and the guy has the razor. Wow. So that's like a part of the series doing that. But yeah, once you take the mullet and the red headband away, he just looks like Stallone on a Wyoming ranch. And he's riding horses, which Stallone, you know, he was a polo player as a young, at a young age. I think at 11, he started playing polo, which is something I could never put together. A guy from humble beginnings in like South Philadelphia, where there's no polo in Philadelphia? Who plays polo? That's such a... Maybe in Chestnut Hill, he was going out yeah. to the suburbs. But yeah, I, so I liked at the beginning of this movie, he's riding around horses. I was like, oh, that's nice. Stallone got his, his love of horses into the movie. But, I mean... I'm not, I'm not, I actually liked that they changed his appearance. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And oh, wait, I couldn't even, I can't watch that movie because of how he ridiculous he looks. It looks, because it's not a real mullet either. It's not like his real hair. Yeah, yeah. At least in the old versions, it's like, that's, it's yeah. clearly his hair. Uh, so just to see, also, he just looks ridiculous with that getup. I would argue he looks ridiculous in the original ones. I don't ever think that was a cool look, that mullet with the red headband. I think he looks like a kid like playing dress up of what a tough guy is supposed to look like. No. I don't I don't think it's cool, yeah. but I do think it's authentic. It doesn't look authentic in a way. Like no, that no, looks no. like he grew like that's his style. It wasn't like why well, does Stallone have this silly hair and headband on? Ooh, I, you know I what look it looks at it like, like? No, he's playing that dude. That dude has would, would would wear that. I couldn't agree more with you. You know what it looks like in the O eight Rambo? He looks like Andrew Dice Clay. When you see him now, and he's still kind of dressed the same way with these glasses and the gloves with the fingers cut off. That's true, yeah. And you're like, guy, you gotta, mm-hmm. you can't keep Adapt. doing the same persona 25, 30 years later. Grow up a little, mature. Who are you now? <laughs> you have to move into the next phase. <laughs> yeah, when old people dress young, it looks ridiculous. So if he's 65 or whatever he is in that last movie, and well, he's dressed. But wait, how should they dress? If they can't, they have to change their style, but they can't adapt the new style. It's a lose-lose. I've always uh, said this about old people. It's lose-lose. It's no, you can't win. They can't win. They can't win, but they don't care also. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's not like they're like, don't make fun of how I... They're like, I don't care. We just saw a stand-up comedian, and he... Uh, Steve Simone, Philly guy. And he said, you know how you know I'm getting old? So look at the way I'm dressed. None of my friends made fun of me for this. He's like, my shirt's tucked into my jeans. This is ridiculous. None of my friends made fun of me. They thought this was a perfectly acceptable look. <laughs> Great energy. That guy had. Great energy. Absolutely. It's a Rambo. Last Blood? Is that where we're starting? Or, or the 2008? Where, where, where are you going? 
we I think we should probably go all the way back to the to where it all started. Oh yeah. Now, because you read, so it's based off a book, which I didn't realize. Yeah, really, and a good author, uh, David Morrell. I didn't read one of the Rambo books. Obviously, he's written other books. What did you read? Which one was it? Was it a character, like iconic, like he's done a series of, or is it just a one-off? Was he might have. He might have done a series of it. Was it? No, nah, I think it was a one-off because it was just a detective story. It was like a soldier that finds out that he had this secret alternate family, and he starts looking at researching it. It was a very cool story, the way it unfolded, and he's a good writer. And I've heard the. The book, the original First Blood book, is supposed to be really good. So apparently, so different from the. Oh yeah, but even well, First Blood, so, the movie, is so yeah. different than everything that comes after. Oh yeah, but even, I mean, that's not so different. They change a few, like where he goes, location. The ending is the big part of mm-hmm. the first, the first movie. So the the book is released in seventy two, and it takes ten years till we get First Blood. It's in development hell. It's going through multiple. Uh, different uh, lead stars. Was it Steve McQueen's involved? It didn't. It didn't really go with them. They offered they it. Offered they it. never. It was not like. Oh, wasn't they weren't attached? No, no, no. It never really got what that far. Hoffman along. wasn't either. Paul Newman. Dustin uh, Hoffman apparently was. Was he one? I didn't read him. Which would have been the worst movie. Yeah. <laughs> really, he wasn't on the list that I saw. Can you imagine him in the jungle? <laughs> no, <laughs> little Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> He's so tiny. Oh. Yeah, McQueen, Paul Newman. I, yeah, I don't really see it. He'd actually be really good at hiding. But yeah, <laughs> we lost him in the jungle. Well, that's the end of this movie. <laughs> He's gone. Probably not not much of a threat. He was tiny. <laughs> yeah. There must be soldiers that look like him. I guess he's Captain America. He'd be Captain America before the serum. Mm. Would be basically. That's funny that you mentioned Captain America, and that's who I was thinking of when you were saying that he can't. That Rambo can't change his appearance. I was like, well, all of our superheroes change their appearance, and it's supposed to show you that their character has changed, so they're moving on to a next. It is a way. When I change my appearance or cut my hair, it feels like I'm a new. It's some kind of baptism of of a new individual has been created. But there's, I think if you do it off screen, I don't think it works. Oh. Think about. Let me put it this way. But it works as for Captain America changes his appearance all the. I mean, I guess maybe some people don't think that works, but. Yeah, because I, I, here's, a, here's a good way to think about it. Thor, they cut his hair. Yeah. It's a pivotal scene in the movie. I don't know about pivotal, but yeah. it's a scene in the like movie. It's not like you're emotionally attached, like, <laughs> Ragnarok, you're the so movie? great. You're so great because I'm so emotionally attached to all these characters and really care. Oh, wait, no, I don't care at all. <laughs> I'm just attached to your hair. It's just really funny and making fun of the whole series. The movie hinges on your hair. That happens on screen. So his new crew cut look. We're with him for that experience. That's his G.I. Jane moment, so to speak, right? We're there when he cuts the hair off and becomes a different kind of soldier, a different breed. But Natasha Romanoff, Scarlett Johansson, she goes through four hairstyles in the one movie alone, and it seems very jarring because we assume she has red hair, and then all of a sudden she has short blonde hair in Infinity War, and then it's reddish long again. You know, it's... Like gold tips and... Especially because if there's certain actors... You know, she's played so many characters. We attribute this one look to... Think about Samuel L. Jackson, right? We've seen him with a million and one hairstyles. That's how mm-hmm. he differentiates the characters, so to speak, right? Yes. Nick Fury is the bald, bald with yeah. the patch, right? If he all of a sudden was like, you know what? I'm going to grow my hair out. It would be very hard to connect him with, with Nick Fury. You'd think he was all of a sudden... Maybe he would seem like the guy in Deep Blue Sea. Some of it is definitely just action figures i guess which do people is that still like 
you know, people are, so, are very, the cynical view of any of these movies is they're just trying to sell toys. Like, are toys still that big of a driving force? I feel like nowadays everything's so digital. It would be, I don't know, video games. And... They definitely said, Marvel's definitely said that. What? That, that it's, it's toys. They've made decisions based off of toys. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like Toys R Us went under. Like, who who's buying these toys? Were they all purchased online? I have no idea. I mean, the kids must still play with toys, right? I guess, but action figures, but it would just seem like you would be playing with them and going like, wait, why don't I like mm. control this in a digital... That's what my friends are doing, so I'm going to do that. I'm not gonna interested in... I don't know. That's a good question. That does seem like that would have... Would have uh, from something from a bygone era. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm playing with jacks, you know? I'm just throwing them around. This is fun. It's like, no, we're moving on to the next toy, the next thing. Now it's... I mean, we have movies from, you know, Hasbro, obviously, is making a lot of movies based off of the toys, but I don't know if that's cyclical for them to then sell more toys or just to monopolize off of the toys they've already sold and that IP. It doesn't seem like it would be this, as big of a market as it once was to that it's the driving force of... It just seems like Marvel would make way more money on the movies themselves, and that should be the focus. And the toys will wear and celery, you know. Well, it, this we're this experts ties, on film. I don't know about toy, the toy industry. This ties back into wheelhouse. the Rambo toys. We all know. <laughs> well, no, it does tie back in though. I like I've been doing a lot of reading up on this, and I thought it was cool. One of the reviewers wore he had the Halloween costume for Rambo before seeing any of the movies, because Rambo is one of those pop culture icons. I mean, I'm glad I have you here for this. As you were from the generation removed, you know, after... I haven't seen any of the movies. I mean, I've seen parts of four and was like, well, this is a joke. Right. And then knowing the iconic nature of the name itself is so iconic. The look is so iconic. Right. Which is, it's one of those, I I think I was saying it on an earlier podcast, it's like the Jaws theme. You you Mm -hmm. didn't have to see Jaws as a kid. You knew what that theme music was. You didn't even know why you knew. It's just... Part of the pop culture lexicon. Am I using lexicon right? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking this this word and giving it new meaning. Hey, why not? It's my word now. Um, but yeah, Rambo was one of those things. Even me growing up, you know, you knew everything. About, you probably knew more about Rambo from the spoofs, from Hot Shots and MacGruber mm. and that sort of thing than you might have even from the movie itself. Not from MacGruber. Huh? I don't think even people connected it with. Like people who seen Rambo did, but kids were just like, "Oh, this is funny," but I don't, I don't know what this mm. is parodying. Uh, it's interesting too that he's iconic, like Jason, and like Freddy Krueger, where his iconic nature is actually from the bad movies. Like you wouldn't, yeah. think, you'd think he would be iconic from the, oh, that's such an iconic, the Jaws theme and the shark coming out. It's not like that Jaws is iconic from the third movie. It's like that's when the shark really was definable. Remember, mm-hmm. we all saw the. That's how I think of sharks. It's like, no, it's from the first movie. Not the same thing with Rambo. But Jaws is the big hit is the first one. This is one of those where the... the Big hits are like two and three. Yeah, the sequels take on a new whole new life. But yeah, you're totally right. Like Friday the 13th is like a good movie. First Blood is like a good movie. And then they just get into these fun but really ridiculous. And that's what they come to be known for. Are they fun? Sounds like nobody likes three, and two is a little is. Yeah, I he- I heard differing opinions on two. I again haven't seen all of them. I, I watched never... part of two, and it seemed like it got fun. 
like definitely don't take it very seriously. Like it definitely went into. I think he doesn't Stallone call it. He calls it a cartoon. Yeah, he like, he does. His two is his least favorite in it. He calls it a cartoon. Yeah, like he. There's this part where he gets in prison and he's like chained up to a in some Vietnamese camp, and they're torturing him. And his um, the, the, he's sent in by the Americans, and his American team is like, we're not gonna save you. And he, like, gets so mad, and he's like, I'm going to come and kill you. And he becomes the opponent, which is the interesting part of the movie. Most people think, and I thought going in, before I really read up on what the plot of the movie is, that he goes in and defeats the Vietnamese, and the war, he, he rectifies the war. Yeah. And that's what the movie is about. And it's about American exceptionalism, right? Which is the opposite of what it's about, because he's, he's actually going against America. They're, he's not supposed to be saving anybody there. Like, he's, he actually, the opponent of the movie is this this... Uh, Marshall Murdoch, who is the guy in the end that he's like keeps going against, keeps saying like I'm not I'm dis I'm not listening to what your orders are. I'm going instead. I'm still going to find these people and save them because I was once one of them. And the POWs you're talking about. Yes. Basically, the movie is about. There's a myth that we left POWs in Vietnam. So this movie comes out ten years after Vietnam's over, but he's saying there's been prisoners of war there ever since, and he's going back to get them. Yes. But well, the first one, the funny thing about the their tricky politics, because the first one is basically saying, this was a bad war that we went yes. to. But he doesn't seem mad at the establishment for sending the soldiers to that war. He's mad at like the protesters for saying, when we came back, they were, there's it's like another myth of like the spitting protesters when the soldiers got back. That's a myth? I don't think that's a myth. Well, the protesters, I don't, were the protesters mad at the soldiers or at the government, at the establishment? No, they, they took it out on the soldiers. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, vets were, it was pretty bad. Oh. Which is, that's the interesting part, is that they're just grunts, the soldiers, right? But we kind of... Following orders, yeah. And they think they're fighting for one thing, like they're fighting for a belief in something. Then they they get sent to a war that they didn't decide on, and then they come back and they're treated like they're the enemy, and they're not getting appreciated yeah. for for risking their lives. Even though it's the people, it's tricky because the hippies are pretty much right in that it was an unjust war. We shouldn't have been there, yeah. right? And we shouldn't just listen. It's also this attitude of we shouldn't just listen to whoever's in charge, no matter what. But right? it's funny you bring up hippies because. Rambo himself in the first one gets deemed a hippie. When the sheriff exactly. sees him, he says, "You and you look at you in your long hair and That's your shaggy clothes." He's he's projected as the thing he that he's getting ridiculed by the hippies, mm-hmm. and now he's considered a hippie. Mm. It's this. That's what I like about at least when I was reading up on all of these movies is how we we go. Oh, he was a Republican uh, cult hero, and he represented this. And it's like not really. He represented a soldier, and soldiers get manipulated on by get used mm. by both sides to yeah. play a certain narrative when he's just like i just want to be like loved and no one loves me i go to the war nobody they say you're an awful person the the, the military complex says we don't really give a shit about you anymore because our war's over and we didn't win and we're we're thinking about the next one you're you're nothing to us now so go live and because we still have right now we have iraq afghanistan veterans yeah. living on our streets well and I- we we just shunt them away they're zombies to us and it's I was going to say, like, the more I kept reading about and revisiting First Blood, the first, the original entry, I was thinking it's so timely. Yes. Soldiers returning home, not getting any respect, not getting any assistance, not getting any financial help. 
just being kind of shunned and like you know we see all this with with them not getting health care and the mm-hmm. lack of funding to the VA I mean how difficult it is for them to find jobs when they return home and dealing with the PTSD and not a, a, getting any kind of medical assistance with that that plus coupled with in the first one since he's facing off basically against the cops and that's such a prevalent topic in this day and age of the cops harassing people that haven't done anything wrong in the first place exactly yeah, you know the cop too. just sees rambo and is like i don't like the look of you mm-hmm. get out of town i'm gonna he basically harassed him just because he doesn't like the look of beyond him. harasses but yeah 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 he tries to kill him multiple times after rambo has already surrendered and said i don't want any problem yeah and he's like well screw it we're gonna kill you but think about it the cop uh you know he basically he he um profiles him yes and now and that's such a timely topic yes coupled with the vets and but then this movie we get this year i wish they yeah i wish they did that more yeah you could you could almost do a first blood all again Again. right (laughs) it seemed like what people were hoping that yeah they're like oh last blood it's connected to the first movie you could do it like a, a a kind of remake of it but now he's older and he's returning to another place and he's trying to help like Similar. You could even make it like a hard target where he's like helping veterans who are not that he would make it so that they're hunting each other, but he's helping veterans and they're getting profiled by the cops and he's going against the Yeah. Or plus if this movie has a lot about uh the border and Mexicans, obviously immigration is a, a hot topic these mm-hmm. days. That could be another thing where American yes. Mexicans are being profiled and Ice is giving them a hard time, and maybe he needs to step in. One of my solutions to fix the movie would have been that, because I think his the, Rambo's philosophy is like war will always come for him, and there's a lot of bad guys, and which I mean there are they they profit off of the violence, right? And they can use it to get to gain power, but he it only presents the cartels as the bad guys, and it's like what if you did both? What if you did? He goes to the cartels, and gets saves his niece but then he gets she gets uh apprehended at the border by the border agents and they take her in and she dies in some kind of way that we're seeing now in these yeah. camps right because you know there's they've been arresting guys who have or citizens and they say because then and it they, becomes and then they're in jail for 10 yeah. days and then they finally get out after enough legal challenges but they have they have papers and everything and it's like right you could do that for the niece because then it becomes geopolitical my my question with this one was you know the second one he's going back to Viet. he's basically refighting vietnam so that wish fulfillment we could win the war a second time right no i don't think i don't see it that way no i think what they were going for was that uh trying to like him that idea Mm -hmm. of rectifying the war but like that's he says in the movie that all he wants to do like he, he says, just wants can, to win one right like no win. he asks the guy before accepting the we mission wins. can we win this one can we win this time and then the general turns around and he says that's up to you you know but i think that was a big and especially at the time i, I was just reading an article yeah like at the time it, it reminded me of rocky four right where there's cold war implications we can win on screen right <laughs> like true just tapping into that time i mean it must have been that war in particular, because I think he is also fighting Soviets in Vietnam. Yeah, there's Russians in in mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah, because it's not. I feel like it's projected. They show that up. He wins the Vietnam War, and it's like nah, he fights like other. He even fights Americans right. in it. He's just going, and that's the thing with him is he's just he's a soldier. He doesn't represent America. He represents a guy who's like, yeah, 
I had such a bad time in Vietnam. I want to save more people there. But at the same time, he's. I would, because, yeah, it's funny that he became some emblematic of like jingoistic, patriotic America, Reagan era. That first one, his point of view seems so anti-American, really, in a sense. I mean, if if a, if you it's love your country soldier. and they send you away yes. and then you come back and you're not getting any respect or love or admiration or any thanks or anything, that doesn't seem very pro. You know? <laughs> and the fact that it's so hard to readapt into society mm-hmm. when you just went to a war zone. I think uh, like a lot of the times in past wars before... The modern wars, more people, I think, come back surviving. I don't know if that happened as much. Like, I think just so many people were wiped out in, in, like, wars previously just from infections and things like that. Like, if you got shot, you're not coming home. You're dead, you know? Like, mm. you're just, at some point, it'll get infected, and you're, you're gone. And just the numbers of people that would die in, like, just just each battle. Three, I think three is the one where he seems to be american exceptional because he's so 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 strong he doesn't even seem like a soldier anymore he looks like he's a bodybuilder yeah well that starts to happen in the second one right sort of he's at least leaner in that one but yeah he's definitely oiled up too a lot and i heard that his father stallone's dad in real life made fun of him for the first one right after rocky one his body looked you know lumpy or something even though he's in like great shape and looks like a normal person that's pretty funny yeah well, it was sad too, but well, that's it, true. it definitely right. led to Stallone like I need to be strong all the time and right for the rest of his life he kind of destroys his body to look like an insane roided out veiny. That's <laughs> it's cool what he could apparently the bow. Did you hear this that the bow was a ninety pound bow? No, like to pull the, the uh-huh. pull it back ninety pounds. You're like, whoa, that's like. What do you think about him insane. having such archaic? To me, this is, remember I was saying before that I, even as an action movie junkie, this was a series I could never really get into. And I tried watching some of them and I just couldn't get that into them. And they're not the best He's, directors that made them. But The reason is he has, he has Navajo roots. He's supposed to be, that's the kind of interesting thing. He's fighting for America. He's supposed to be a Native American. Is that right? Of, yeah. In, in the book that's, or in the movies? Or both. 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 He, he has uh, the bow. Uh-huh. And the and the knife are both their weapons of oh yeah of, and the headband and the headband all of it and is the horse because be. he rides a horse. horse these are all the things where I was like this he's, he seems so this doesn't seem very modern and then he also has a rocket launcher <laughs> <laughs> oh I didn't know any of that about that that's interesting because I always thought it was just like this doesn't seem like modern warfare I don't want to see a guy with a bow and arrow it's bad enough we got Hawkeye and the Avengers you know. <laughs> I need this with my Rambo, too. But that makes it more interesting, right? Because we that think does if, he, if he's supposed to be the, this Republican yeah. surrogate for the conservative yeah. ideal of what our, our America should be about, that he's actually to the people that were somewhat oppressed mm. by that. Side. Yeah. So makes that interesting. Hmm. It is interesting. Did you uh, watch... One of the funny things for if you know the book and the first movie at all, that like a few years later there's a cartoon on TV for kids from Rambo called Whoa. Force of Freedom. I watched the opening credits of it again today. We might have to post it somewhere. It looks really cool. Like like four kids or it looks like it's yeah, more yeah. of an adult. No, they used to do that back then. There was also like a Robocop cartoon at the same time. All wow. these violent action movies were becoming kids Saturday morning cartoons. 
But the Rambo one, yeah, Force of Freedom. He was the guy you called. Uh, it looked really cool, the commercial. Made me want to watch the cartoon. Wow. I think the cartoon looks better than the movie. But then again, the movies, like Stallone himself said, turned into cartoons. True. You know? Yeah. So three. It's when he teams up with the Taliban, with Mujahideen, to fight the Soviets. Right? Yes, he's in Afghanistan. I don't know if it's the Taliban, but the Taliban definitely takes advantage of the situation after the Soviets pull out. Basically, after they pull out, there's no leadership, and that's what leads to Osama going there right, and being right, able right. to set up shop and not have any... There's nothing to stop him. But uh, that was the point when they were our allies, because we trained... I mean, we gave them money and trained them. Osama, but like in the yes. Clinton era, right? We thought they were our allies in that fight. That part of the history, I don't know. but oh, I might be mixing it up a little. but I think it might have been earlier than that. I'm only a film historian, not a history historian. <laughs> it would be odd if we did that in the Clinton times when this was the 80s, the movie was made. So, Oh, yeah, it would have been, oh, right, right. It would have been like Bush Sr., right? Or maybe even in Reagan-y. I Probably. think Bush, Reagan? But that's, yeah, whatever. Some of that is constant with any, it's not to say, oh, look, we funded the wrong side. That happens almost every war effort you do, you fund. Mm-hmm. Like think about even like American interest, right? The French funded us, right? Yeah, but then we we kept slavery going, and did awful things to Native Americans. Are the French people? Are they back home going? We supported those Americans, and look what they did. They did awful things when we supported them. Hmm. No, but, but we did awful things to the Native Americans. When the Taliban turns, they turned on us, not against somebody else. So just like Saddam, right? We because we were talking about this the other day. We put Saddam in power. We helped get him in power, and then when he didn't want to listen to us and do what we said, we. But it's very, that's just so constant. It's like if yeah. you have a kid and then you tell your kid has to do this certain thing and then the kid rebels. It's just constant when it's like, well, why am I doing all this stuff for you? I'm not going to get anything out of it. You're just, you know, you're just telling me what to do and saying this will work out. But yeah, it seems very, it, it, the tough thing is that from a, from outside, they see all of our contradictions within our society where we see them, but kind of brush them out of the rug or just be like, oh, that's just. That makes sense. It's like a relationship on a broader spec. You know, when mm-hmm. you have a friend and he's having relationship woes and he starts to tell you, you're on the outside in, you shouldn't be. But within 10 seconds of him beginning to tell you that you're like, I know immediately what, what's going on here. And mm-hmm. I, and neither of them can see it clearly like at all. You can't see the forest through the trees. That's what people tell me all the time. <laughs> people only communicate with you through puns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thinking this hasn't have to do with any of the plots of the movies, but just it's amazing that Stallone has two of them, some of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah, like Rambo and Rocky. No, think about like and nothing else really. It's, it's, a, it's such yes. an amazing career that. It's, but it's it isn't that it, it is so odd and like Schwarzenegger. He's got Terminator. He's got a lot of other movies, but he doesn't have another iconic character other than. That's right. No, that's true. Right? He's played other characters that I've yeah. enjoyed, but I'm not like, oh, his character in True Lies. What was, what was his name? I don't know. Whatever. It, Harry. Uh, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Van Damme. I don't think he has one. Mm. He's just himself. Still a uh, Seagal, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. I guess Wesley would be like Blade. But it's interesting. You're and... even saying that himself, Rocky is so much. Yes, that's like true. Still, this alternate world Stallone. Hmm. I, one of the one of the reviews I read was that Rocky is basically this alternate timeline that it feels like a 
Stallone could have been that guy. Whereas Rambo feels like if Rocky had a film career that Paulie was, and Paulie was his agent, he would have made Rambo. <laughs> oh, from Rocky three, especially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Cause I remember Rocky two, he couldn't have had an acting career. No, no. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I like the Pauly part. The Pauly would have chosen yes. these movies for him. <laughs> he would have. Were you surprised when they did Rambo 2008? Like you said, he looked ridiculous. He was way too old. It seemed like an odd time and way to resuscitate that brand. I was doubly surprised. And even watching this new one, Last Blood, aren't the Expendables... The Rambo, isn't he basically playing Rambo in The Expendables? In Rambo 2, he even refers to himself as being expendable. Hmm. Right? It's where that term enters the... I mean, I wouldn't have mind if he was playing Rambo in Expendables. That would have been a better movie. Right. But there... been more. I think would have done better, too, if he just was like, oh, I'm playing Rambo, but the movies are called Expendables, and I'm teaming up with... Yeah. With Rambo's Chev, too old to do it alone, so Chev I'm Chelios, up. and if, if, if they were all playing people from other... I mean, you don't even need that. What if, if that's just the new Rambo? I think you need that. <laughs> uh, I mean, if that would make a better movie. But. Yeah, like John McClane and Ar- Arnold, Arnold could be True Lies. Oh. Or he could be Terminator for all you know. <laughs> He's the guy who they modeled off of it, the machine. Because those movies are cartoons in the way Rambo 2 and 3 are. Yes. Whereas this Rambo in 2008 is just this kind of violence porn. I actually thought, yeah, 08 and even this one, I thought this one was going to go back to cartoon because I thought they were like, well, we did, we went back to the gritty and that, that we did that. Let's yeah. go back and, and do the cartoon. I thought they were going to go like do something. One of my pitches was thinking like, let's just go to space. <laughs> let's go so crazy. Let's just do like, it's in the future. And Rambo's like, I actually had time travel involved. And wow. Yeah, I had Rambo becoming kind of like uh, Laurie Strode in the new Halloween, where she's like kind of like. What do you mean you had for what? What is for this? a pitch for my? This is my. I had a zany pitch. Oh, you have? Yes, I have. I'll 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 save it for development no. heaven. But I have a re- legitimate pitch for that more. So that's why I'm bringing up my zanier one. But oh. I'll save it. I'll save it. It's th- for the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you think watching this movie, it was so shoddily written? Stallone knows what he's doing. Like his movies aren't always great, but they're well. They're he knows how to put a movie together, even when it's the same ideas. You know, like we just saw with Creed Two, where it's like you're just rehashing ideas, but there's still dramatic scenes in there that have some weight to them, and mm. it still kind of propels forward like a movie. Whereas this one didn't seem to have the connective tissue of a film, and the dramatic scenes didn't have any weight to them. I mean, even. Less than way, there were feathers floating away. Well, they didn't also connect with because of the action being so cartoon like and yeah. silly. It made the drama like, why are we watching this? You can't, you can't tran- transition like that. Different movie, different art. Yeah, different. Or if you do, it has to be somewhat comedic in its tone, right? Where you're kind of laughing at how dramatic it is. Because there was a little bit of a self awareness in the action scenes yes. that the dramatic scenes do not have zero, right? But. I kept thinking, and we we should say, I, uh, a friend of mine works at an agency. I've held this Rocky sc- Last Blood Rambo script in my hands. I've seen his name on the cover. I knew he, I must have known somewhere in my mind that Stallone wrote this movie. And yet watching it, the whole time I kept thinking, 
why would Stallone sign on to this without re- he, he could have just rewritten it if he didn't write it. you know like this yes. is so bad why didn't he rewrite this he well, must supposed have to be known. 10 years old too the script yeah from 09 well I, I heard they used because you know he wrote Homefront that Statham ended up doing originally Stallone wanted to do that uh-huh. and at some point he I guess he becomes too old or they're on a set of Expendables and he says hey why don't you do it or Statham wants to I forget exactly how that shakes out but yeah, Stallone wrote it for himself. Statham ends up doing it. And then I heard that they used a lot of the elements. And if you look at it, there definitely are a lot of overlap with Homefront. Definitely like the bad guys in that one more. But oh, yeah, James Franco. Putting in work. Gator. Gator. Gator Bodan. No, I like that movie. But you can see the parallels. Like if he's like, oh, well, since I didn't get to do that. I'll just take crib some of those ideas from that script and put them in and here. Kate Bosworth is Paz, Paz Vega, or no? No, because she's a she's a drug addict in that one, right? Or is yeah, that Winona Ryder? I don't know who they both are. I think, but well, it's not a one to one. I'm not saying oh, it's okay. apples to apples. <laughs> I'm just saying like, he took some of the ideas and was the like, same no, no, <laughs> they just went from New Orleans to, to Arizona, New Mexico, or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just yeah. saying, there's ten gallon cowboy hats. Does Dave wear a cowboy hat in that? I feel like he must. I mean, he's supposed to be Southern without doing a... He doesn't even do a, attempt a Southern accent. He's supposed to be Southern? Uh, Either that southern, or they're like... Southern whales? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what in the world? Yeah, but the whole movie, I'm watching Last Blood, and it's so poorly... Characters just come in or exit for no reason. It makes no sense. And I thought, why? Why wouldn't you rewrite this, Stallone? And the second the end credits come up, it was written by him. And I was like, wow, really? I mean, you've written some bad, schlocky stuff, but this just didn't even... You know, in the same way Luc Besson, when he one of his movies is bad, but mm-hmm. he just gets the form. He gets cinema. You know, he gets how movies operate. Give me an example. Like even like a Columbiana, right? Which doesn't really work. But it's supposed to be... That's a spiritual sequel. Yes. Of uh, The Professional, because that was supposed to be... Natalie Portman's character from as a young girl growing up hmm. and they, they changed it, which I'm disappointed. I would love to see yeah. Natalie Portman's character from that movie. I think she could actually become, if I think that movie, the second movie could be great. And then I think the next movie after that, I think they could make a franchise out of it. Oh, I think the next movie would start to go cartoon and become a little sillier, but kind of still fun. You're like, I love this, but like kind of how the fast and the furious franchise. Yeah. Went. Yeah. Then you can have female Rambo. Exactly. Oh. It's also cool because the professional itself, I've told you, was uh, inspired. The way Luc Besson wrote it was basically uh, Jean Renault's character, who's dressed the same, same profession, no pun intended, from La Femme Nikita. If he had survived, what would he have done? And that's where they go with, that's how he kind of conceived of the professional. So it's a spinoff, or a spiritual spinoff in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that movie doesn't quite work. Luc Besson just still knows what audiences are looking for and how to convey information cinematically appropriately, right? Which is something I feel like Stallone has a really good grasp on. People forget how many movies Stallone has written. It's not easy to write screenplays, and as I can attest. As much as Rambo and Rocky are his big hits and people say he can't make anything else, he has other movies that are like Nighthawks is really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I even like Paradise Alley. I think that the action sequences in it or like the fighting itself is pretty bad, but the actual drama with him and uh, Amanda Sante is, is great stuff. You know? Really good. And he wrote and directed that one. Yeah. So even yeah. though it doesn't hit, I'm still like, he gets the form. 
like mm-hmm. you're saying. But this one, he's like, it seems like what, like a middle schooler wrote it. It just, yeah, it felt like somebody that didn't understand how movies operate, right? Mm. How you put a movie together. I mean, I think they deleted a lot of stuff I heard, it's, right? It seemed oddly edited. Some stuff would like transition from yeah day to night and they would have the same conversation right after another. And you'd be like, wait, was did time just pass? Because it didn't seem, I didn't really get the feeling that there was any time for that com- last conversation to yeah. sink in. And they're like, we're having this other conversation again, the same one. The way they deal with time is really interesting. Once we get into the plot, I have a huge question about the way they deal with time. Really the way Rambo does in his planning. <laughs> Did you have anything else from for surveying the landscape? I, I thought the... we should talk about uh, James Cameron's involvement in the second one just a little bit. Did he come on the board and into the, the pitch meeting and write Rambo and then put an S? Rambos? <laughs> we need multiple multiple Rambos? versus each other no he didn't do that but he did book the gig the same day he applied to be the writer of rambo 2 and aliens um and he got the phone call the same morning for the gig for both of those gigs and so he accepted both so he said the way he wrote them was he got two different desks in his house so one was the rambo 2 desk and one was the aliens desk so he'd have all his notes and everything straight right Mm. and that was during the post-production on terminator so he's i mean Boy, okay. talk about burning the candle at both ends. Anyway, though, so he writes his script. He's since said all the action is his and all the politics is Stallone. Because as we were talking about Stallone as a writer, Stallone came in and like rewrote the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. It's interesting, too, because Stallone really doesn't like how the movie's represented for the politics. That it, He views Rambo as Frankenstein's monster. Oh. And that the Frankenstein character, the mad scientist, is America. Mm. That's that they, America created him. He, he was from our. He's he's uh, apparently like I don't know if it's in the novels. His dad was like abusive, alcoholic, and then his mom like left or died, and so he was like. Then he was like living. I don't know if he's on the streets or whatnot, but then he's gets recruited or drafted there's like differing stories on that this is like some kind of, it's like it's made up <laughs> why is there yeah. like multiple and then goes to war feels like he's doing something for good and then ends up coming back and no one's on his side basically the people he thinks he's protecting both sides reject him that's the oh. interesting thing as the soldier is he gets he doesn't get his due for either side the left and the right rejects him that's very interesting the right i mean like both sides in some like right always rejects in that they want you to fight the war, but they don't care what the right. repercussions afterward. They're just looking for the, the next war. Um, well, and the, and the other side against the soldiers in general, because they think that we should never fight. So you should, if you just stopped fighting then and join their, their battles, that you're, you're being brainwashed and that they're rejecting. Instead of accepting you and forgiving you for what you did and showing you right, there's other ways to, 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 to fight or to... I think the right... Non-violent ways to, to, to act... Instead, they reject, and that leads him to feeling alone and isolated, and then he does worse stuff and kills more people. Yeah, and I think the right also, they respect, they appreciate the war. Mm -hmm. They put all their value in the war itself and not the people fighting the war. They devalue them, right? They basically think they're the love. They don't respect the soldiers, I don't think. I would say the the government bureaucrats don't care. They care about their interests, which is something probably economic yeah 
the I would say the voters themselves and the people in those communities really care about the soldiers. But to a point where whatever they do, they don't they'll they'll be on their side. Even oh, the if voters, they did something yes. atrocity. They did right. some atrocity. They would still be on. Would be for definitely uh, veterans is definitely something where we're we're it's like a false uh, like we're like oh yeah we'll we'll salute you at our our stadium things you know we'll salute you all veterans are so yeah. great but then if you see one on the street who's not doing well you won't give a shit either side both sides don't care but I but I also don't you think they're also trying to recruit like poor people and the people that they don't really have much appreciation for. Who, by, who's they? Like the government. The group. government. Yeah. Okay. I, sorry, I didn't mean like the voters on the right. I meant you mean like the Bushes and the Reagans types. Yes. Yeah. They the want people the poor people the to vote to die for their battles. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Like they wouldn't. Hey, let's recruit some, like their own kids. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is, we don't want to fight it ourselves. Let's find some, right? I mean, if you just go by the last, like if you don't even play politics at all or think yeah. about it, it's just. We go to war when we have a Republican president. That's right. just the way it's been. Three, three for three, you know, or more if you really keep going back. But just in the most recent forty years or whatever. Um, and none of them are war. Like Bush famously didn't go to war or sat in an airplane but didn't do anything. Right? Trump obviously avoided the war. I mean, he's not the president that went to war. He's he's actually it's the one positive yeah, of his. True. So far, fingers crossed, knock on wood. It's 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 funny because it's maybe it's just that politics will mischaracterize like that's just what it does. It mischaracterize like it it'll take something and say mm-hmm. like it's this is what this movie's all about. This character is all about. Rambo just represents this when that's not really what it is in some ways. But because they attach that to it, it almost does, right? Because Reagan considers it this this hero mm. of American exceptionalism, then it becomes that in our psyches. So that I haven't seen any of the movies, and that's what I think of Rambo. Right, is. right, right. Which is Zero Dark Thirty that we've lived through, right? Yes. But, oh, see, waterboarding. Uh, it's making a case for it. Not if you watch the movie. The waterboarding doesn't work. They get the information a different way. The waterboarding is pointless and a waste of time. Hmm. Right, they get the, they go goes, to that car dealership and they bribe somebody and they get the information they're looking for after a bunch of wasted waterboarding. Yeah, it, it goes also against every. It's one of those things of, can you represent a place that holds up certain values and then break all of them worse than anyone else? Like that seems. Those are the contradictions mm, that the other right, right. That, that, that that breeds terrorists. They use those against us. They say, well, "What are you doing?" Right so catch a fire is a great example of that right i, I like that one I Derek Luke, got, where they just over. turn a regular guy into a terrorist and you're along for the whole ride and you're like oh yeah that was like what how many years after 9-11 because they started to be remember there was traitor with don Cheadle. there started to be yeah. more movies about guys turning and how they become like the recruitment of terrorists mm-hmm. and how that goes down well and how you can turn a good man into that it's not mm-hmm. they're not Crazy, evil. The, yes. Like watching, yeah, the the psychological breakdowns and the right when you, when you have situations where your ideals and beliefs, when you're not ascribing to them, then then the resulting fallout from that. We see that for white nationalists too. 
you see those kind of movies mm-hmm. where they show you how they recruit and how they who the t- the type of they have a certain type of people that they target. Higher Learning is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Cole Hauser recruiting Michael Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Michael Rappaport not beginning the movie as a racist, but being lonely and excluded. And here come the the white skinheads, and they welcome him in. They give him a sense of friendship and family, mm-hmm. right? And it's less about belief with him and more about finding... These are my boys. Right. These are my crew. Yeah. Being welcomed, being recognized, and being heard, something that he hadn't been... And protected. Yeah, right. Yes. And that's all that that's all that Rambo wants. Mm-hmm. Not that Rambo's going to be a white nationalist, but he feels isolated because neither nobody's helping him out. Right. He's lost so many people and no one's there for him now. What that, would he be considered in the first movie when he's blowing up the gas station and shooting all the storefronts of the machine gun and... Uh, how would the media... Attacking attack? police officers. Would he be a considered a domestic terrorist? I guess so. I don't know. It's interesting. Apparently, there's like a scene at the end of the movie where he he talks about one of his friends dying in a bar from a kid who had a shoebox that blew his half his body away. Shoe shine. Yeah, I watched yeah. the scene this morning. Oh, tell me, tell me, what's it? Is it? It's supposed to be like a very powerful scene of him opening up finally after because he's been he's very quiet and he doesn't open up to a lot of people and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, he barely doesn't talk very much mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, all that much. It's also an interesting uh, way for a movie, an action movie, to culminate rather than with explosions and fireworks and a big fight. It culminates with him sobbing, breaking down on the floor, you know, and his, mm-hmm. his captain there also. And just, it's like a conversation between two friends trying to hold it together. Such an interesting climax. Mm, not how you normally, <laughs> it's a big gunfight, which is right. Nice. Um, and then in the original movie, he basically tells the, directs the, his captain to shoot him, to mm-hmm. kill him, to, to, he's instead of, that's like an alternate ending they shot, right? Or you kill, they shot it and it wasn't testing well. well and I, Stallone kept recommending that they, they keep him going. They keep him alive. That was his idea. Also, I think there was in the alternate ending they shot, he kills himself. But in the book, I think the, the colonel kills rambo as like a mercy kill like putting a dog out of his misery kind of kill. in the movie's a little bit of both he basically forces he his hand. steals the gun from his captain then puts it in the captain's hand and points it at himself and he's like do it and the captain won't and the captain starts to turn the gun away and then rambo grabs it and aims it back at him. and when he does the gun goes off and he flies back you know so that's the alternate version yeah, yeah. Keeping him alive is fine. I think because I don't think the movie should end with violence. I think no. the whole point of the movie is 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 like almost a non-violent. And watching effect. it, I didn't feel like it it uh, it needed to end that way. Him opening up is is a uh, an interesting arc enough. And just the fact that he goes from the jungles of Vietnam, comes home, and then he's basically fighting in the jungles in America yeah, yeah. is kind of the jungles of Oregon. And he doesn't know who to who's the, the good or bad side and there isn't one it's just that's the complicated nature of all these things but it's it's funny because i remembered it not being a great scene when he's breaking down oh you saw the first one i didn't know that not all of it i didn't oh. see the whole thing i've seen bits and pieces over the years i thought my memory of it was that it, it didn't age that well and so the action wasn't great and i remember that scene being I thought Stallone was like over the top and it was mm. too much and it was kind of embarrassing. It was like, oh my God, look at this guy like crying and snot rolling down his face. But then watching it again today and even watching some of the action scenes, 
it's like it's well shot the some of the stunts are really cool there's like exciting motorcycle stuff um david caruso is one of the cops yeah, after yeah, him, yeah. which is very funny yeah. and that scene at the end was yeah it was powerful there's also tunnels involved right which is interesting oh i don't remember Be- that really i'm pretty sure he gets stuck in a mine and he has to like tunnel tunnel himself out of on the other side of this mine they think he's dead inside because he's trapped in the first one or the second one? first one and then oh. in this new one they have tunnels too which i think is it also is like a good metaphor of like he's like kind of stuck underground within his own head he's in his own head and he just like mm. burrow out and oh no oh, getting lost within these he doesn't know which way to go uh, I, I just like that you said every like every time we mention Stallone, the the words over the top, the saying gets used. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if there's any other any other star that that you just Freudian slip yeah. his other movies within what you're saying without even realizing it. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else for surveying surveying the landscape? No, I think we should get into yes. The only thing I, I heard was that it was really long, the original cut. It was like three hours, and that Stallone wanted to buy the movie back so that no one would ever see it. Which movie? The the first first Blood. Oh, really? And you're like, really? That doesn't sound right oh. at all. But that's what he said in the commentary? I don't know. No. So now... No, wait, did, yeah, so you set up Julian Asher, but we should say this won't be as long because there's not much plot to go over. Not much. Yeah, this is one of the <laughs> shorter... Drilling to the asteroids. Usually, I take some notes, and this one I was like, "Well, I guess that's it's like only a few lines here." So this is the section where we go, we break down the plot. Hitting the rock from the outside won't do the job. So we nuke this thing from the inside. How? We drill. We get, we drill deep, really deep within this to see see what we got here. But this one, we don't really need to drill that deep because we've already got tunnels formed for us to yeah. <laughs> excavate and see all throughout this plot. And there's like not the, much there. A lot like the tunnels in this movie, there's, it's just a lot of weapons and traps and that's about it. Can we start, uh, let's start there. Yes. So we open with Uncle John, as John Rambo is now called by his unofficial niece, right? Yeah. So it's not his actual niece. It's like a is it the no. mom is the friend of his it's a platonic what an interesting dynamic that he's not with this lady he's like getting breakfast served but he lives on the ranch with this no she's the grand mom of the niece she must be she's way too yeah, old right that must be yeah. right but she's not has no connection with him really they're just friends that they live together which i was like that's kind of an interesting that they never mention either it's not like yeah. a thing that they play up you're just like who are these people and then there's no line like well you're my grandma or maybe there was and i there might have been in Rambo the 2008. Oh, when at the end of the movie, the he doesn't cut he his hair at the end of the movie. Family, does he? I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he does. I doubt it. But so yeah, <laughs> it was such an odd place to begin with. John Rambo does not seem like he would ever have gotten to this point and be living this way, <laughs> right? It seems highly unlikely. But the big thing, he's been for years and years and years digging underground caves or tunnels underneath their farmhouse property. You don't think that was there from like a long, like I thought his maybe like maybe somebody else built that. The daughter says he's been digging them. Oh my God. Remember she, she invites her friends over and he, for the first time invites somebody else into the caves. Nobody gets to go in the caves. Even this platonic woman he lives with. Nobody goes in. Yeah. He's never invited her down. He, she wouldn't be allowed to go. He lets uh, the niece and her friends come and play around in these caves 
She says, oh, my dad's been digging these for years. Wow. He's been working on them. They make, it makes. He's been making these. McNulty in Angel Has Fallen seem like an amateur. Yeah. Like the, the amount of tunnels he's dug. It's like, this would take his rest of his life. Like these are, you would need like a teams of people to. Yeah. <laughs> like what's he using? But okay. And, and, and this is, I have in my notes, all caps, underlined, bold. Why? They never answer. Why is he making all of these? Is he anticipating bringing a war to their farmhouse? That he can use these caves, like that's basically where the movie culminates. We'll get to that shortly, with a huge firefight, mini war on their, you know, Wyoming farm, wherever that is. Arizona, yeah. Arizona, is he anticipating that? So has he been spending decades excavating tunnels, just in the years. off chance yeah. that people will come and attack? I guess so. The farm? Which I, the movie seems to, he seems actually well adjusted. Like he seems actually like, yeah. I'm, I've moved past the war. I have a. I take a few pills. I have a few PT, PTSD flashbacks, flashbacks in the yeah. tunnel one time in the opening. But the rest of it, I'm pretty fine. He doesn't get any flashbacks when he's getting attacked and scar mm-hmm. and what they believe it. Like scrape. Couldn't believe. Cut it. him with a knife in the face. He doesn't get any flashbacks, but he gets it when he's just walking down his tunnels. We'll get to that scene. But yeah. I actually like that scene. That was the best scene in the movie. Uh, so yeah, she she lets he lets her have a party because she's like going away. He, she has a party down in the caves he doesn't even seem to be around which i was like wow that seems shocking he seems like this protective father type who would like yeah he's just in his rocking chair also these kids are around like very dangerous weapons he's got uh, built I, I all have a through. question about that <laughs> what'd you well later in the movie stallone invites some more people down there the bad guys mm. and there's booby traps everywhere with blades and spears coming out as you walk through what happened if some of those kids Set off some of the booby traps and just got impaled. Well, he sets. He sets. Yeah, I think he might have fallen asleep for this part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you thought those were all set up before the movie even starts? Well, I thought there's yeah, a whole montage of oh. him like setting them all up. Oh, yes. I thought the montage in my memory was very brief. I remember him just. Like, it was pretty quick. But yeah, he does, it seemed to flow well, fast. I mean, he he sharpens the blade. He sets yeah. up the gun. He sets up the the. I remember him putting the landmines for when the cars blow up, but I don't remember him doing that much in the tunnels. No, he just sets up all the little things. Oh, he flip does. And right. His Kevin McAllister Home Alone moment. That's what this was. This was Home Alone Five. Yeah, you know, this is what happens. This is Macaulay Culkin grew up to be John Rambo. What was that? There was like another movie that says that he was. That's very similar to Home Alone. Well, uh, James Skyfall. Bond. Skyfall. Yes, he. Skyfall he is, ends yeah. with Home Alone. I definitely had flashbacks of I was getting like the PTSD flashbacks of Skyfall while watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I was also getting what was something else with tunnels. Eh, anyway, Broken Arrow. No, I had a Chekhov's gun question. Okay, famously Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's would say if if there's a gun in the first act, it better go off by the third. So in the one of the opening scenes, Stallone gives his niece. He's doing some metal work, right? And he has what looks like a knife, he hands her. And he says, it's Damascus steel. And she says, why are you giving me a knife? And he's like, hey, no, it's a letter opener. You know, when you're off at college, you get all these letters. Now you can open them. And she's like, come on, nobody sends letters anymore. (laughs) But I'm thinking, okay, he's given her a Damascus steel blade of some kind. Mm. She's going to be stabbing one of the bad guys with it at some point. No. (laughs) This is the type of screenwriting thing I was talking about. He must have known, all right, we'll set this up. And then when the bad guys try to kidnap her, she'll stab one of them in the thigh, like face off with it. Something, right? Yes. 
But no, it never comes back. What's the point of then having that scene? I think he just wanted to say Dam- Damascus Steel. <laughs> I haven't said that in 20 years. I need to say it again. <laughs> well, I also think he was like, I need to have a scene. Like, remember in Creed when uh, I need to give him the notes of how to the boxing class and the Adonis is like, oh, don't worry. I got in the cloud. And I'm like, the cloud? Huh? I guess I'm old. What's that yeah. mean? It's that kind of scene. Like, wait, we don't use letters anymore? It's just to point out that he doesn't understand what email is. So then the niece ends up at the party nearly i guess it's trying to set up that like men are bad where it's like the the, the boyfriend or mm. whoever the guy is is like being a little aggressive but she's like no and he's like okay i'm american so i'm not gonna go that hard you know i'm not gonna go too too right. much i'm a white blind guy i'll know my limits blonde did you say or blind blonde oh. blind. <laughs> he's one of the sharks from 47 meters down uncaged but even that scene i was like how is rambo letting this happen like he should be right there like You'd think he'd be peering out like, hey, I thought he was going to show up. And I was like, oh, shit. And she's going to like, you don't have to protect me. And that's why she goes to the father. But she, that doesn't happen. She, oh. she has an argument with Rambo. And then the very next scene, she's having the same argument with her grandma. And I guess you're supposed to be like, oh, time has passed. It's the next day. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like they just merge them together. Definitely felt like they had the same scene twice. twice it feels like right? she says, I'm going to see my father. And he yes. says, no, your father is a way worse dude. Yes. Don't do that. It's not going to end well. You don't need to do that. And then she has exactly the same dialogue with the mother in the dining room. And you're like, wow, I don't care about any of this. Just go see the father, go for God's sake. We know you're going. You know? Yeah, Just you're going to go. go. Sneak Just away. go. Yeah. So she goes to the father. Well, first she goes to her friend who I don't know how they ever met. They don't seem like in the same age range. They don't seem like they would ever spend any time in the same no. circles. They're related. Isn't she her cousin? Oh, maybe that's... I think she calls her Then that cousin. makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'll but, that. yeah, the two of them spending any time together was very questionable. So the friend uh, takes her to a club, and she gets the, the niece gets drugged at the club and gets taken into... by the... Uh, this pimp gets sold off into slavery by these these bad guys, the Martinez brothers. Which uh, it's good to see brothers, to see, even if they're the yes. bad guys who are uh, the Jensen brothers support all brothers, whether yes. they're bad and have a sex cult ring. Yes, putting we'll you support know, you. Yeah, <laughs> we're still at least those brothers have a good familial relationship with you. At least they you know, they're not so amoral that they turn their back on family. Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto would be proud. <laughs> of these sex traffickers at least you know it's all about family although i will say that they didn't have a good relationship in that the one brother didn't listen to the other brother at all the other one was like we should kill rambo and we shouldn't keep him alive the other one's like nah keep him alive which one tell me i don't remember that what's the one that's more charismatic who should have been the final bad guy oscar j netta from the losers and i think he was in one of the pirates right the caribbean that sounds right yeah, he, he's more charismatic, more like evil. The other one seems more like a, a stone-faced right-hand man type, but he ends up being the final bad guy. It's kind of like a poor man's Edgar Ramirez. Sort of, uh, yeah. He looked like if Edgar Ramirez is, had a Banana Republic model brother. He didn't. He wasn't very interesting. No. But yeah, and then, and then but it's so strange because Oscar Giannetta, we've we've more recognizable. We've seen him in more things much more character much more exuberant they had him do more stuff way more stuff he drugs the women and he's like uh uh well he drugs the women then then you see rambo realizes 
uh, Stallone realizes, oh, niece never came home. She must have been, something must have happened. He's like, time to bring my, my, my single pistol and my knife, and I'm going to drive across the border. I'm going to get her back. And he goes and visits the friend first. That's, this is the first scene I liked. Before that, I was like, this is like really terrible. Like just the way it's shot, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. about it. Every yeah. scene is just poop, 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 poop. But then he's like, in, he's uh, kind of interrogating his, the cousin who set the niece up. And he's like talking to her and she's like giving him a lot of attitude. And he like, after a few lines of her attitude, just takes his knife and just fucking giant knife, just stabs it on the table. And it's like, boom. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. That was cool. I'm in. That's, and Sloan was cool in that scene too. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he was really good in the movie. And I thought that was the only reason I was like, hmm. I was like, we should maybe leave and not do this as a podcast because this is so <laughs> bad. But I was like, I, I was like, watching it going, I still really love Stallone. Like he's just, there's something he connects on every level like he's just a really good actor and we don't think of him that way because of the getting roided up and yeah we think of him with the van dams and the schwarzeneggers and the even though i think schwarzenegger is a good actor too but stallone i like has range and could have yeah schwarzenegger is a good actor well also i i heard a good case for stallone today too which was just if you watch the first one just his physicality and presence i mean that's part of Yes. acting right yes. is is how you're carrying yourself throughout the scene and he has such a unique presence you know on screen um, and physicality it's also one of the characters that he's connected with right i mean when you watch that last creed movie he's so good in it you're like mm. ah, he really gets this character i think rambo is probably another one of those right maybe yeah i guess it's at least Rocky is a little more like consistent with growth while it's no, like, no. Cause we watched, we rewatched Rocky three. Oh, yeah, he's a different right. person entirely. Yeah, and he Rocky doesn't feel like Rocky like, is a lot like Rambo three. Yeah. Or even somewhat of two. Hmm. Cause like watching the clips of first blood again, there's definitely some like pathos behind the eyes. I mean, and when he's, he like literally like, why are you hassling me? Like, why are you giving me a hard time? I didn't do anything. You hmm. believe it. You feel. Maybe we just can blame the '80s, like the the '80s brainwashed everyone, even our fictional mm. iconic characters. So Rocky and Rambo both became these like '80s exceptionalism, defeating the Russians and. Yeah. I think the thing to remember with these guys is, we say, "Oh, they're not great actors because they might not have a lot of range, and there might be like that one thing they can do." Mm. But that one thing is not not a thing right like we saw when adrian brody was in the predators it's like all right he can't command the screen the way an actual action guy do or even the new the new new predator with boyd holbrook well definitely yeah couldn't command the screen i wish we got adrian brody yeah couldn't command the screen the way these 80s action stars did right and same thing with like a jason statham or gerard butler today there's a, a presence and a physicality that even if they're not going to be good doing Shakespeare in the park, the Shakespeare in the park guy can't go and mirror that physicality and, and have that kind of presence in the face of... Well, it's considered low art. That's why. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you're an action star only. You can't do the Shakespeare in the park. And the Shakespeare in the park is all that matters. Right. But, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's a, I think he does have range to him. Yeah, he might have more than we can. 
because I think he does nuanced performances. Nighthawks is really he's giving like you more house, than yeah. you. Even as Rocky, he's giving you more. He's not like he's just. I mean, he's just so vulnerable. You don't see that from very many action stars. No, that's true. It, that's usually the thing that they 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 will never show. Right, and that's kind of why we are like, yeah, they're always just going in there and trying. That's why Seagal is not a good actor because he has zero vulnerability, yes. right? Zero. Whereas like even Van Damme had some, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right. Stallone does have a lot of, he, and he's not afraid to embarrass himself. It's funny for a guy with such a big ego. Yes. But he'll definitely play the fool as Rocky. That's why Rocky's so endearing. Mm-hmm. And even, no, that's a good point. That's why Rambo connects on some level. He's yeah, he's a loser. He's this guy that no one want, cares about. Yeah. No one, and he feels like he's done all this stuff, and no one will gives him credit or anything no i heard loves him. he had was credited with like he kept wanting to make the character more and more sentimental which made it into the movie and he's, he's mm-hmm. a, so back to the asteroid <laughs> it's it's such a bad asteroid to yeah. dig into and we know that this asteroid was not going to actually destroy earth <laughs> the point of actually yeah. digging into it doesn't matter can i ask my question about the plan since you brought up him taking his one pistol and getting in the pickup truck yeah, that part made no sense to me. Go, go ask your ask the question. So, are we to believe the hero of our movie finds out that his daughter or his niece went to Mexico, and he's going to go get her back, and impulsively, without putting any thought into it whatsoever, even though he must have deep down known she was going to go and see the father. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. he was an it idiot. Seemed like he knew. It yeah, like he seemed like, like he she's, knew. She's it was, probably going. Yeah. Yeah, inevitably going to go. He impulsively and seemingly without thought. Grabs his gun, jumps in the pickup truck, you know, tires screech, and he peels out, and he shows up in Mexico. The next thing you know, he's just surrounded by a gang of like twenty guys, and they all start beating him up and stomping him and punching him in the face, and he really should be dead. Yes, but they beat him because one of the brothers, the, the one Martinez brother, is like, "I'd rather him live because that'll be more of a torture to know that he." Yeah, because he doesn't know what he's who he's dealing with. He thinks he's just an old man. Right? They don't know who he is. They don't. Know but they, they should know because the, one of the pimp guys just almost got murdered by him. But I guess they don't know that information yet. But yeah, that's a crazy part when he's torturing. Yeah, he the goes and finds this pimp from the club. Who? That's the cousin relays that information that this pimp is the one who drugged her, and he would know where she is. Goes to the pimp, stabs him right in, at his SUV, stabs him in his leg. So he's basically dead at that point. You're probably gonna bleed out. Then he how, does he how does he get into his collarbone? He, no, he stabs him in the clav. I thought he cut his clavicle first. Yeah, and then, and then sticking stabbed, his fingers in and like snapping, snapping his, his bones with his fingers yeah, and like pulling it out. And you're like, whoa! <laughs> he really is like like some saw type levels that like jigsaw level oh, yeah. torture here. And even in the end too, it was like that where these booby traps and things. It's like a slasher flick. And yes. there's actually elements I, when I was reading about the first one that are like a slasher flick when he's. Going Hunting after them? the police in the the huh. forest in the woods is is kind of done, as if he's, he's the slasher. Yeah, huh. yeah. He. Uh... I thought it was reminiscent of if anyone's ever seen the Hatchet films, um, which are kind of they're they're supposed to be like a new age the slasher for the new age this iconic the villain with the who uses a hatchet naturally somewhat meta right. Well, that's but that's what reminded me of it. At the end of this one, felt like this is funnier than it is suspenseful or actiony. Even it just seems almost silly, you know. <laughs> and I felt like Hatchet is like that, where you're like, it's so gory 
that it's not gross anymore. It's like Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was, and it was in on the joke, but then the ne- very next scene, this movie constantly does that, where you're like, oh, this is like a joke, and I'm, this is fun, and people would be laughing all throughout our theater, and be like, oh, this is fun, oh, <laughs> yeah, big laugh. oh, terrible violence, but it's like, for humor's sake, like, I get, okay, that's good, and then the next scene would be the opposite, and it would just be like, what I just did, I, to- I tore a man's heart out, that's, that's what you gotta do to protect the ones you love and you're like what <laughs> you, you can't made, say that seriously like you made him sound more like drago drago yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's who i i'm always, i'm hey, team, <laughs> team russia you know I'm, I'm training over here with steroids and techno music <laughs> one of our friends compared the violence to we were trying to describe it to him he hadn't even seen the movie and he's like you mean like mortal Kombat, like a fatality and mm-hmm. i was like yes exactly like that it was you're having fun with it yeah in the end so the end climax of the movie when he's fighting off, fending off all the bad guys stops. There's no tension or suspense or build up to anything. It just becomes a succession of violent deaths of beheadings and impalings one after the other splat blood, heads splattering bodies exploding. It almost, to me, it felt like a, a special effects company's demo reel. Hmm. It felt like some gore company, some yeah, company that made right. like blood and splatter was like, if you what were like, yeah. you should hire us for this movie. Look, Here's a a, a a highlight, a sizzle reel of our work, and you just saw like a bunch of clips of people dying. That's what the end felt like to me. But it really did feel also like, yeah, a fatality in Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Just a bunch of those, one after another. That was the level of gore and violence, the gruesomeness. The funny thing is, going back to the actual what were the first, so the scene we were on was he gets surrounded. I actually liked the way that scene. Uh, the way he's watching the bad guys and he doesn't realize that there's, he's basically in these Mexican favelas. I don't know if those are active. That's how, if that's just, I thought maybe that's just a Brazil thing, but maybe that's every, well, they filmed it in Bulgaria for God's sakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I noticed that during the credits, all of the extras were had Kulkova and glitch, you know, all these. And I was like, what, why? And Mexico's right here. And then I read that. Yeah. Apparently they shot in Bulgaria. Wait, this, going back to the plan though, he's surrounded, right? And they, they that do scene makes no on. sense for his character because he's supposed to be. It's, I mean, the movie really doesn't play up who he was. So as somebody who never saw any of his movies, like anybody under thirty, the writer of the author of the book said this even as well as like nobody knows who Rambo is who's under a certain age. This movie that makes it he might not be Rambo. Like it doesn't present him as he goes in with this plan which doesn't exist and then gets surrounded, which would never happen to our actual Rambo. What we know of. Well, this is what I mean. I don't understand what his plan is. Why not have just that be when he goes to war, have him load up a bunch of weapons and come up with a plan to get her back. He just like commando. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's literally the movie I I wrote in my notes. Why? This is your commando scene. Although they even have that in, uh, I mean, part two Rambo has that where he does the, it's like a famous, Mm -hmm. you know, sharpening your knives and loading your weapon scene. Why not have the one in this movie you fell asleep for? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? That happened? Oh, oops. But it should have been then. What is he going to Mexico with one pistol just hopping in his car? He gets beat up to the brink of death and really should have died, right? But I still like that scene. No, no, but that's fine. But, uh, but then Even also... though it doesn't work for his character. It's a bad scene, but it, right. it, the way it was shot, the way the, 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 they have people everywhere. 
like there's just he's constantly turning down quarters and he's passing by other guys with cell phones and they're calling that that, that, it's like it makes you feel like this cartel they have they control everything of course there's no there's no you can't survive no that's true that's cool in a claustrophobic kind of way but right then he just seems so ill-prepared it just seems so inconsiderate for the niece who's there to rescue the niece and this is not going to get her back if you get killed or even if he anticipated not dying because he's so strong you can't kill rambo right let's say he knew he wasn't going to die he couldn't have anticipated Paz Vega's reporter, who's a stranger to him, taking him in, nursing him back to life. That must have taken days or a week. Mm-hmm. What's happening to the niece in all that time? Like, this is a bad plan. Terrible plan. It's an inconsiderate plan. Especially since then, the na- once he recovers, he goes right back, kills, goes to where he, I don't even know how he knows where the the, the niece is. He just happens to guess right and goes into a, just a random place where like a um uh, underground massage parlor sex uh prostitute brothel place and then kills everybody involved even the johns which i thought was kind of it's john killing a john violently violently with a hammer Ooh, but a john smashing their head with a hammer john rambo killing johns yeah john killing john john and john action the hammer thing i guess is just like old boy right yeah is he going around just smashing and maybe even johns I never, I never finished that movie. I loved the first half too. But he just guesses right. He guesses like one random. He doesn't get any information on where that. Maybe Paz Vega yeah. says it. Who knows? That was, that was another dramatic scene. I was just like, uh, she's we hardly in say, the movie. And... She. Uh, this is again another example of uh, screenwriting 101 that Stallone doesn't abide by. So you introduce this character who's a reporter. I guess she's doing research on their sex trafficking cartel. She never writes a report or informs the media or anything. Nothing of that ever comes into play, right? No. Why no. Why have a reporter that doesn't report on anything? What's the point of that? I don't know. You're right. That part probably was cut, too. There's yeah. probably more to that. I mean, there'd have to be. Yeah. But Although, what would it matter if he kills them all? Then what yeah, would she be... Re- that's true. Hey, there was a sex cult, but you don't have to worry about them because they're all dismembered and <laughs> blown up. So he ends up saving the niece puts her in his truck and then i guess this part made no sense the next thing you know he's like in arizona just driving and she's she's dying next to him was he able to cross the border wait is that when he throws the head out of the window no later he oh she has to die first so he crosses the border with a blue drug addicted teenage girl in his passenger seat we should say they don't acknowledge the border there's no scenes of anybody crossing the border only her she crosses it. Oh, right. I guess they're they're saying that he doesn't in his big truck he's able to just cross right over the border back and forth. That's supposed to be a message like if we had a wall, our own American citizens wouldn't be able to save their wouldn't be able to cross the border and save their daughter. Yeah. Why doesn't he take her to a hospital? What the hell's going on with him? He just lets her die next to him. He's like, Oh, there's nothing I could have done. He turned him into Dolph Lundgren again. I know, I know. <laughs> that's that's just that's what we're gonna have to deal with. That's... Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it. I don't Yeah. I was like, "What? You just killed so many people, and now you're gonna let her die? You don't? You're not even gonna do like anything to say anything? Or that's another time? You don't I didn't have, even you don't remember. have a plan. Like, oh, she's probably drug addicted because she's part of this sex cult. So I should have all of this medication available. So once I save her, right? I this can... is what I mean. He just impulsively jumps in a truck and goes off. What kind of hero of the movie is this? I mean, I guess he's supposed to be a PTSD rattled guy, but doesn't seem that way." No, he seems fine, riding his ponies, making jokes and stuff. 
He almost starts more like Rocky a little bit than Rambo. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, my name is Rocky Balboa. I'm pretending to be yeah. Rambo. So he drives her back, tells the ma- the grandma. I didn't know then, she died. It was so unceremoniously. Yes. I asked next, you after. I was like, what happened to the niece anyway? Well, there's a point where he's like sitting over her. He like buried her already. And he's like uh, sitting on a chair like uh, like she's Adrian. Like, uh-huh. uh, and then then he starts doing the, the sharpening the blades. Setting right, the baby right, traps. Right. Then he sneaks into uh, one of the brother's houses. Makes it really easy. Kills all of his bodyguards. Kills the brother. The one who's been who did mm-hmm. all of the bad stuff to the niece. The one you were like, he should get the most comeuppance. Kills him off screen. The next This scene, is Oscar Janetta. This is the one we're saying should yes. have been the big bad. And gets killed the, off midway through the movie. The right hand man who is ends up being the big bad finds his brother headless, and then the next shot is the, the head like behind Rambo's car as he's crossing some border, I guess. So, Again, he's not crossing a border. He's going just back and forth with this head of the, yeah <laughs> of this cartel. One member. of the things I read was, wait, if he drove that far, how long was he driving with, with this head, head sitting in his lap? And they said if it was a Schwarzenegger movie, he would have had a quip when he threw the head at like, I don't do road head. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I wish this movie had Arnold type or action movie one-liners like yeah. that. Because that's what... The action scenes wanted that, like that's what they deserved. Mm-hmm. So then, the, is Rambo? He's not quippy in part two or three. Even though really talk. Right? He's yeah. very silent. No, he uh, the the brother eventually gets upset and says, "All right, we're going across the border, and we're going to kill this guy at his ranch." I don't know how he knows where he lives, but he finds that out somehow. Yeah, goes to the ranch. How do they cross the border? I fucking who knows. Yeah, they cross it with many guns in many trucks. They cross the border, go to Arizona. It would have made more sense if you just lived in Mexico, which yeah. would have worked too. So then he Stallone's goes. Stallone's car must have been filled with blood. Filled with blood. If he had that head just sitting in there, yes, filled with blood. <laughs> and then, so they come to the farm, and immediately he like blows up. It's almost like the Dark Knight Rises blowing up that stadium. He like blows up his whole ranch and all these tunnels blow up everywhere and kill so many people. It's a lot like Angel Has Fallen too. Well, I, mean, I mentioned that you brought yeah, up, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it they just start up blowing the everything up. up, yeah, or even Hobbs and Shaw, actually. At the, at the when Andrew Elba comes up, they're pulling the SUVs in, and they've done a wall of explosives yeah, yeah. that That's they true. blow up. It actually is like just like that. It's kind of what they do. Yeah, incoming black SUVs, and they do a wall of explosions that oh, block them up. To must stop be them. some symbol yeah. of our society. It was in the realize. zeitgeist. Yeah, it's just they're saying something, some message. He fights them in the tunnels. You, I mean, we've talked about this I know, I mean, so many times. The, the best part of him fighting them in the tunnels is they'll, they're just dying so fast without you even being able to like, who's that guy or what's going on? And they're dying. They're dead. Yeah. Or their legs chopped off. And then he barely seems involved in half the deaths. <laughs> but then to make him involved, he quickly will pop out of a out of one of the, the tunnels, pop out, shoot the guy, and then like fly, like go away, run away really quickly. But because it's so old and can't run, they like it seemed like I thought... They sped up the footage, so he'd like mm. dart away, and you'd be like, "Wait, whoa, what?" It just—I was—it was comical. I like how he kept moved. shooting people after they were dead. Yes, or stabbing them at Multiple one point. Multiple times, yes. Blows somebody's head off. The person's carcass hits the ground, headless. I mean, headless. Yeah. Blew the head. There's no head left. It's just a neck and then blood spurting out. And then as he's walking by them, he shoots them on the ground with his shotgun again. 
Well, the, what about the guys who there's like an Indiana Jones booby trap where the, the ground falls in and there's spikes mm-hmm. and the guys fall into the spikes. Their entire bodies have spikes all throughout head everywhere, all throughout their body. He goes up to them and, and gives them like three different shots in yeah. both of them. And you're like, <laughs> it's like he believes in zombies. It's like he's fighting zombies, which maybe would have yeah. been a better movie. Also Rambo versus evil dead or, or versus uh, walking dead. You know, wait, do we ever establish why he's built these caves? Never. I call them I've, convenience caves. The caves of convenience. Oh, I like that. That sounds like something, a Greek myth. Yeah. Uh, the, the Greek nymph, Rambo. <laughs> you know why he's called Rambo? No. Oh. It's like a, uh, the writer said it was an apple in Pennsylvania called oh. the Rambo apple. And he thought it had a very strong name and wanted... It is a great name. It also means violent in Japanese, which is purely coincidence. Whoa. Part of the caves of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a cave from oh. Pennsylvania that goes through the center of the earth down to Japan. Mm-hmm. Connects Rambo. Yeah. Wh- wh- so he's making these caves. Everyone is wondering about... They even bring up why did he, did he make them, and then they never really answer it, and they just seemed so convenient at the end. Yeah, and he's killing... I thought there was like 30 guys. Kills 30 guys pretty quickly. And then there seems to be waves of like another 20 guys and then another 20. I'm like, I could never get a grasp on how many guys. It just seemed that they just kept coming and coming and coming. But I felt like he was killing the same extras people, yes. twice. The same stunt doubles more than once. Yes. You're like, wait, didn't that guy just die two seconds ago? He finally gets to the main, main bad guy. And he does this thing where he shoots like four arrows into him like he's like... Christ. This is not in the cave anymore. Now he's in a farmhouse. Yeah, the farmhouse. He's like the Antichrist hung up by these arrows. And do you remember the scene when he's training? He's training with the arrows and he's shooting into cards. And he's shooting into the Jack. He's like, Jack, Queen, King, Ace. And you're like, what does this have anything to do with anything? And what am I, do I do, and am I like, when when he got through the Queen, I was like, oh, he's going to do King and that'll be it. Like three. Three shots. That makes sense. But then he he, uh, he shot again. The fourth one. I went. Wait. What card is he gonna do now? Is he gonna do an ace? Like, why is that? What the sick? What is? What is am, am I like? Yeah, Rambo. He shot an arrow through an ace. Fuck yeah. Like that's awesome. I don't know what that means, but cool. What does any of it mean? What does the king mean? What do they any of them mean? Like he's gonna take out the kings of oh, something. Yeah. I guess that made more sense. Of the ace, I was like, he's gonna take out the Latin kings. Yeah, it didn't mean I don't know, but so then he does that again. That was supposed to be like a Chekhov's gun, but it's like, it's it's like if Chekhov's gun was, that's different <laughs> than a Chekhov's gun. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's not setting preparing up. for something and then actually doing it. I think it's a little bit different. Chekhov's gun is almost like something, like oh, that's a cool family heirloom. That antique gun, yeah, you know, no, it doesn't no. really have it. I mean, if he's training to fight bad guys and then uses that technique, he. But the, it's funny to have him training. He's Rambo. He's shot bows and arrows in some of the other movies exploding bows and arrows you shouldn't need to train for that and then the most i think we, we talked about it he just rips the dude's heart out and says he was gonna do it i think at some point and then he rips it out oh yeah and you're like laughing the whole theater's laughing just thinking like this is incredible i didn't think this is gonna happen this what, what am i watching i uh, think wait i think the funny part is he doesn't say he's going to do it i think he says a metaphor about emotionally he doesn't say that he's going to because a lot of times they do they threaten them you know, Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise, I'm going to drink your blood from a boot or something. Mm-hmm. This one he uses, I think it's an analogy where he says losing his niece was like having my heart cut out, right? Oh. So that's that's the kind of uh, foreshadowing for what he's going to do with the villain. Make him know what that feels like by literally, literally doing it. Cutting his heart out. Showing it to him. 
It was funny in the end, I thought, when they were in the caves, he puts his own soundtrack on. There's speakers in his caves, and mm-hmm. he puts the Doors, a Doors song on, and it's like fun, like, yeah, we're grotesquely murdering mm. and slaughtering people. Ooh, we're having a good time. I mean, I was having a good time. <laughs> that was the only good fun part of them. That's true. He seems to be more enjoying himself. That's when he's in his element, Rambo. I mean, again, it's hardly playing Rambo. Yeah. That music was more fun than when the they're having the party. The teenagers are partying down there. It was worse music. Yeah, right? you're right. That was, and he liked it. Remember Rambo? Remember the, the the grandma was like, "Ugh, this music these days. They listen to it's terrible." And Rambo's like, "It's not that bad. I like it. It's pretty good." <laughs> I love how your Are Rambo my, is my just Rambos. Drago. <laughs> I don't know. That one was more like New York. Yeah, New York. If Drago was raised in in New York, I liked. Did you see what? Morell said about the movie the writer David Morell he said it was a mess <laughs> he's embarrassed to have my name associated with it he told he, it was interesting that Stephen King thought especially after the first movie was like so many of my books like you can't even the plots don't make it on screen at all and they're terrible what first movie the first plot for the first Stephen King was commenting on how well it was adapted oh, was basically oh, oh. saying like oh you know most books that get adapted, it, it, it's this Frankenstein's monster. Literally, like, like someone says the character is Frankenstein monster. Usually, that happens from books to movie. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. adaptation process. Uh, and Morel liked the first one, right? Yeah. And in the second, third, he's yeah, I said he's not Rambo anymore. But um, and in even the first movie, he's a very. He said he, he described him as angry in his books, but deer-like in the. Ah, that's interesting. The, he, uh, the character is him. supposed to be very much more like tortured much more affected by the ptsd another thing that seems like it would have been so timely today mm-hmm. to bring back because we're talking about ptsd and concussions and stuff like that so much more now we have such a better understanding of it right it sounds like when you read what this morale thought of this last blood it sounds like he got ptsd from it he says i felt degraded and dehumanized after i left the theater <laughs> instead of being soulful this new movie lacks one I felt I was less a human being for having seen it. And today, that's an unfortunate message. Whew, wow. Yeah, he describes it as ultra-violent 1970s exploitation grindhouse. Jeez. The sets look cheap. The direction is awkward. Rambo could be called John Smith, and the film wouldn't change. Oh. It assumes the audience is familiar with the character when most people don't know who he is anymore. Or don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't really understand. Right. I haven't seen any of his movies. That's true. The the movies are from so long ago. But but why would you even need to know who he is? It barely plays in. Like he's saying, it could be called John Smith. True. I like what he's saying about, yeah, the cheap sets and everything. It it barely felt like a movie to me. That's why I was saying I feel like Netflix secretly produced it. See, you don't need to go to the movies. This is what the experience feels like. It doesn't even feel like watching a movie. The same week when they release Ad Astra? <laughs> it doesn't seem... <laughs> what do you mean they? Netflix didn't. No, but... But theaters, I feel like you're pitting theaters for streaming. I know, but I'm just saying Netflix is trying, well, they're trying to do their part. Yeah. I know you're not. <laughs> I'm not serious anyway. Why are you, yeah, you're yeah. actually getting into the Let, logics of this conspiracy. The, yeah. So the end of the movie, he like goes on to his like, he's killed all these tons of people, sits on his rocking chair and is like, well, I job well done. <laughs> sort of. And then he starts talking generic nonsense yeah, about like, the difficulties of war or something it always stays with you bad men are always bad and you gotta kill people i did like at one part wait we should talk about my favorite concept that they don't do anything with but yes 
I like the idea at one point when he's talking about change. Oh, the daughter thinks, what if my father has changed? I need to find him just in case he changed. And Rambo says, people don't change. Mm-hmm. And she says, what about you? Look at you. You're riding around on horses, cracking jokes. You don't even seem like the guy you used to be. That's mm-hmm. what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I'm still that guy. I'm just trying to keep a lid on it. Right? I'm trying to keep that bottle. Which has up. always been a Rambo thing. He's always very silent and doesn't talk a lot. And people think of him as a super soldier because of it. But he's actually has all this emotion and wants to express himself and has friendships and but they yeah. all died and he's right right he lost nobody to open friends. up to yeah you know, so right the end he's obviously very emotional the end ends with him just blubbering on the floor yeah for good reason yeah, yeah. but i like that concept of i didn't really change it's in there and i'm trying to suppress it and to it's protect difficult others. he's always trying to protect people yeah so he's trying to protect them by, by not being who he who he is but he doesn't even seem like he's trying to suppress it. Once he just no, no. Then he seems like yeah, flips the switch and he's like, "Good, I, I get to be a sociopath." Yes, this is, I get to be the equalizer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's Bruce Willis in the new Death Wish. He's Jennifer Garner in Peppermint. He's just like I'm an old white sociopath. I'm going to kill some brown thugs. And then so then the movie seems over. And I think this might be the funniest part of the movie is. Even though the action is really funny and I was laughing out loud, they show like a montage oh, yeah. of every single Rambo movie. And it makes them look like, wow, I wish I was watching those movies. Those look cool. Wow, someone iconic shots. And yeah. Even 08, there was like, there was like, oh, okay, there's something happening. I mean, he looks ridiculous, but even even some of the at least scenes look, the yeah. action looks whatever. I don't know. I, I can't defend that one. But this was really funny. Then they end up, you're like, oh, they're going to end with 08's version. That'll be it. And then they show you the entire movie you just saw in Montana, like a quick form of The Last Blood. And you're like, I just saw, there wasn't much plot. And now you're showing me and making me realize, oh, yeah, there's like six scenes or whatever in this movie. Right. <laughs> and then and, it, it shows you the end. And the end is different in this montage than what we just saw at the end of the movie. It shows what you was him, it? Instead of him ri- on the rocking chair, he's riding off on his horse. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. And you're just like, wait, I thought he'd end on the rocking chair. And he's like, I will go and protect others or something. I will break you. <laughs> I loved when you leaned over and were like, wait, why, are they showing us the movie we just saw? Do they think that we forgot? Also, putting it next to superior movies. movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't. Hey, remember those iconic movies? Here's a piece of crap. I couldn't believe the budget for this was $50 million? Where the hell did that go? What? Wow. I thought this was made for... If, you, if this was like a like an eight million dollar picture, yeah, like yeah, wait, wait. that's why it's eight million. But we we've already made it up in the first weekend, you know. In what <sighs> movie? In what world could they have spent fifty million dollars on? Where did that money go? Probably the end special effects of that blowing up. I was like, they didn't need this. This probably uh, added another five million to the CGI budget. God, there's so little going on. Unless they deleted so many scenes, <laughs> there's like. A, did you want to move? Let's move. I think we're past. I think we've drilled as far as you could drill in these asteroids. Wait, I want to say one more thing while you were talking about the writer and his take. Yeah. When we brought up James Cameron, one funny thing, he uh, he apparently had all these backstories, these elaborate backstories for the POWs that they were going to be rescuing. And like Stallone cut all those out in his script. And when James Cameron saw it, he's like, at this point, Rambo might as well be going to rescue a six pack a beer instead of these six guys <laughs> if they have no personalities or backstories or anything that's a good point that's actually 
would have been more 80s of him to yeah <laughs> is that the one where he rescues a six-pack yeah wow he's a true american hero <laughs> so let's remove to the next section casting call and he uh i don't know who i would have it's so bad it's like i don't want to cast anybody i, I like in this I movie know. like oh yeah well I, oh if only the the grandmother platonic friend was played yeah. by <laughs> If only Rita Moreno was playing. Yeah, there's. I wouldn't want anybody else to be involved. The bad guy's certainly not. But like we said, you already have a yes more the, exuberant, charismatic bad guy. Them. Just switch them. That would be our casting switch. Swap the brothers. That's all you got to do. Maybe the cousin, I would get a different person. I don't know. But mm. and maybe I would like, I don't need Paz Vega in this. Get her in something better. Or what, what Give if her you more made of a her the platonic Ma- Ma- grandmother friend? Yeah. Or just the mom. Yeah. I would, just make her the mom. She's there. And she's... she has to do a lot of acting, and that lady's kind of just like, oh. Yeah, what okay. what does making her a grandmother do for you? That doesn't do you any favors. Why do that? Why not just, yeah, Paz Vega's at the house on the ranch. She's platonic. He rescued them, you know? Yeah. yeah that's, much, that's actually, yeah. That's Paz Vega has such a thankless role, and she's like unceremoniously just exits the movie at some point with no closure of anything. So yeah, let's let's do uh, all right. So let's hear your pitch. You want to go right into? We'll go right into development heaven. We're not. We're not. This this project for for the next Rambo. It's not in development hell. It's not going to spend ten years. We're not going to use the same script from '09 for this next movie. Which I mean, this movie's doing pretty well, for God's sakes. We just this is opening weekend. We're in the middle of right now as we record. What do you what do you attribute that to? I have no idea. It's just love for him. You think it's just like an American, like, oh, we got our movie now. That kind of attitude or what? Like what? Who's seeing it? Like what is the audience? I have no idea because the preview looks small potatoes, yeah. right? It, it, the, the preview looks like, oh, this is a bad sequel. Like that's this is what I would like to train audiences. When in any movie that says the final time, the final time you'll yeah. see this actor. It's like usually that's a bad sign. That means that they're like trying to squeeze as much life out of it. Instead of what they should do is try to like reboot it in some way or, or spin off in some way or a new trajectory, take the character in a new place. They're like, no, we're going to do the, the, uh, the same kind of thing, but one last time, one last battle. I thought, yeah, I thought, watching the previous, this is going to do terribly. This is going to, it's going to be like $2 oh. million or something. But I guess Stallone just has that much. I mean, I do love Stallone, so I'm happy for him, but. Yeah, I love Stallone too. But he's had misses. He's had bomb, yeah. box office bomb, plenty of them. But I guess they're only the movies that are not called Rocky and Rambo. And they do. The, the good thing with Rambo is though, it's not like, a, oh, another one. Because usually, oh, another one is like every three or four years, there's another one. This is like every 10 years or more, there's another one. So it makes it less yeah. like, oh, I guess, yeah, we haven't had a Rambo movie in a long time. Right. It's so. been 11 years. And the other before that, that was, was probably longer even. 20, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it also doesn't feel like oh, another one. Here we go again. It's not rehashing because it feels nothing like the other ones. So much so. Yes. I mean, it, in this one, to an effect, to a degree, that's not good. Exactly. It's not. Like the author movie. said, this might as well not be a Rambo movie. So anyway, if I was going to re-pitch, I actually had a version of, of I guess it would be as if this movie never existed. Like a redo of this where that's what you'd have to do nobody wants a sequel to this but it also works in i know stallone wanted a prequel to the to rambo when he's a teenager getting drafted into the war in vietnam the first war but then he's not in it right not in it or is it flashbacks like they're talking but about with the listen, diehard yeah. listen, prequel but it's a prequel like godfather part two 
So you're seeing mm. Rambo in wherever he is. He could be in New Mexico. He could also, I was kind yeah. of imagining him in like Kansas or something. And he's being attacked by uh, like white nationalist type people. Even though he says I'm a veteran and they're like, well, screw you, you Native American scum, you know, mm-hmm. get out of here. Rambo is attacked for, they, they assume he's an immigrant of some kind and they're like, go back to your country, whatever. If you make him Native American, you could have a cameo with Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she's just, like his uh, aunt. <laughs> so uh, he's he's getting attacked at home while his niece at the same time is going through, and you'd be seeing flashbacks. Rambo's getting flashbacks to a prequel version of himself, younger version, going to Vietnam the same time she's going to, I guess it would be Afghanistan. And there's parallels because he went to Afghanistan by by Rambo three, so he could play in that mm. that war as well. And the difference is that she's fighting the opposite side. You could play up that, but she's not a fighter; she's a medic. So there's like, and but at some point she has to become, she has to pick up a gun and have to kill people, and it has to like, mm. it gets into murky waters. Kind of what Rambo's about. So you'd have like the Godfather Part Two, where you see the rise of Michael. And you see the rise of his father at the same time, simultaneously, and they play off of each other. All right, so since we skipped casting, who would you put as a young Stallone? I didn't know this one. That's good. Uh, I actually went to college. There was a guy in my dorms who looked just like a young Stallone. Let's just see what he's up to. Well, he doesn't have to look anything like Stallone, especially if you're going off the Godfather model, because mm-hmm. De Niro looks absolutely nothing like Marlon Brando. True. He couldn't look less like Marlon Brando. Yeah. So... If we're going that route. That's a good point. But we still got to cast somebody. Depends on what age. But we're talking 20s, probably. How about uh, your boy, Theo James? You could do it. Looks enough like a Stallone. Yeah, he actually wouldn't be bad. Right? And He, he does a lot of that stoic, yeah. quiet. Yeah. Might be a little older, but I think you could probably play it. Maybe he, maybe he's not a teenager. Maybe the prequel, he's 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 in. Yeah. The a, problem with Theo James, he actually looks. He probably looks older than he actually is. Like he probably is around. He probably is closer in the age to what you want. We would just yeah, you know, we would work around it. We don't have to have him being drafted in, in the Vietnam War. You can make it the F, the you can make him Rambo three, but change the the plot line a little. Yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say one thing, but. Because the other movies in the series seem political, but and this one seemed political just because we're talking about immigration a lot. Because the president's always tweeting about it. But Don't you that's, think everything is political, and the idea that things aren't political is yeah. But this isn't political in a warfare way. Like he's supposed to be, you know, he says that the the way you survive war is to become war. Uh-huh. But this isn't. We're not wor- worried about warring factions coming across the Mexican border. It's, you know. That is the delusion. Guys picking tomatoes they, and maids. It's not. Yeah, but that's what that is the delusion that. Right. Of why a wall's being built. That's true. Yeah, I guess they're rapists. They're thieves. Yeah, they're yeah, criminals. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then this movie. That's seems why to people bore that have out. Taken the criticism of this movie is that it's racist and and is is like Trump's fantasy, which I don't really. If it is, it's it shows you how stupid of a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. I heard Stallone is a Trump supporter, which I wouldn't have thought. Stallone is? Yeah, he's a Trump guy. I wouldn't have thought that. Why? Why wouldn't I not have thought that? He's rich. Yeah. White guy. True. Old. Yeah, all right. That's like 
a Venn diagram of. <laughs> he's the trifecta. He's the hat. A trick. lot of his movies have conservative. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tendencies. I mean, just being old in general makes you start leaning. Well, I don't. Maybe it was because now that Trump is beefing with Schwarzenegger, I was hoping Schwartz- uh, Stallone would have uh, been on Schwarzenegger's side for that. Well, that's so funny. Or like, they're, like their basketball teams are like, he's got to defend his boy. Yeah. He can't be team Trump now, huh? Stallone just seems like somebody who's kind of cool. Either way, with everybody, mm. but. But even like Rocky, people take, they think that is the White Hope movie, you know? So it's not like he's... Yeah, Apollo Creed was kind of a character. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really see that that much, but he seemed to be just Muhammad Ali, but... That's true. I wouldn't... I feel like they they say that about things. Yeah. Where, oh, this is all, this ideology it's spewing, and then you read into what the things that the person's Mm -hmm. pointing out, and you're like this is really flimsy and you're going to lose like everybody that you're, if you're trying to make this, it's precisely what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was my one idea was my one pitch then was that you do a Godfather part two. I don't know who I would cast as the daughter. Wait, while we're talking about the politics, did you want to? Yeah. What? The, the, the 2008, the Burmese. Oh yes. So, cause a lot of people were talking about, how we supposed to be American exceptionalism? You'd think that the villains of the movie would always be uh, either communist, which they are in two of them, but or that they would be dealing with whatever the topic of the day was. But '08 version doesn't do that at all. The '08 one has to do with Burmese genocide that's happening, and he's going in there and helping the people there, which is a conflict that America was not involved in. No, and at the time, everybody was all of the villains in movies were either Middle Eastern or some kind of international terrorist, North Korean, probably. Yes, he he specifically looked for when he was writing it. He wanted to find some conflict that was like massive, but that people weren't very aware of. And they thanked him. They said that it actually helped shine a light. Like he was like the spotlight of the Burmese genocide. It's good. <laughs> Which is kind of a, it would be an interesting movie, a movie within a movie of, he said it was one about of his... a movie, about a movie that yeah. no one really saw or people, enough people saw it, but that didn't make huge waves here. It wasn't culturally impactful, but was impactful in the country it was representing mm. at time, putting a spotlight on something. Spotlight two. I like, we like sequels. Yeah. Valley too. He Burmese. said it was one of his proudest moments because the Freedom Fighters, what they said about that Rambo movie in 2008. But then, I don't know, it makes me understand this one that was just released, Last Blood, even less. Again, it should have been about veterans. That was that was a good idea. How yeah. how ignored they are, and he's a veteran too, and he was being, maybe he's being ignored. Maybe he doesn't have a, a cool ranch to go back to. He has nothing. Yeah. yeah he's, he's got nothing and streets, nowhere to yeah. go. I actually had another version. My my zany version was that he, it was the one that involved space. Was that he, he went, <laughs> he goes. I wanted to go so cartoon and out there, like you know, how Fast and Furious is supposed to go to space. Like yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Eventually we'll get there, and that'll be the craziest thing. Like they'll, oh, they'll, they'll, we're not gonna go to space though. Like that's the only the only next frontier is space. I feel like why not? Why doesn't Rambo beat Fast and the Furious to the punch and have like a space? Like it's in the future and Rambo's cloned himself and he's like the. The leader of this, <laughs> but who plays that then? Theo James is the clone. <laughs> I mean, it could be somebody else, a new hero. Yeah. But Rambo's the. Or villain do they de-age? Of the do you do the Irishman? But I was thinking de. I was actually thinking that too. Was that 
Stallone uses the time machine to go back in time to fight himself in the 80s to stop mm. himself because he realizes that he's fighting the wrong side in Rambo 3. So he goes back to Rambo 3 and fights a de-aged Stallone. This idea is kind of fun. I'm into this idea. So yeah, I had space. I had time travel. I like the time travel too. I like realizing the error in our ways. And going back and trying to stop yourself. But then he would find out, I can't. There's nothing I can do. It's, it's inevitable. Huh. And they could even edit the old footage of Rambo and have like one of the scenes you just see <laughs> the old modern day Stallone who's gone back in time Rambo in the background like running across the screen <laughs> he was there the whole time oh uh, you know when they do that <laughs> yeah yeah I wanted to get what you were describing at first what oh wait I, I keep remembering more things from James Cameron's thing he had a uh, his script had a sidekick role it was supposed to be pretty comedic and Stallone cut it out because he, he's like, I don't want the sidekick having all the cool, funny lines. Wow, his ego really took over. Yeah, so they cut point. that out. But they were talking about, like, because Stallone had, at that point, just directed Staying Alive. I think it was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever or whatever. Or Grease or one of those. No, Saturday oh. Night Fever. He, Stallone, directed it. Yeah. And so they were thinking yeah. of doing John Travolta as this, like, snappy sidekick. <laughs> huh. In Rambo Part Two, wouldn't that have been interesting? Yeah, Travolta's another guy who was up for the first Rambo in the first one, actually, who we forgot to mention. Should have brought him in for this one. It's just like a yeah, he could use it. There you go. Instead now of him being directed by uh, Fred Durst, Fred Durst, yeah, of Limp Biscuit. Wait, there's your movie. Stallone's already or Travolta's already doing the worst of the worst at this point. After Gotti, and then what's the main? What is it called? The new one. The Fred Durst one? Do you even remember? Fanatic or something? The Fanatic. Fanatic, yeah. You got Gotti and Fanatic one year after another. That's You can't do any worse than that. So there's no reason not to say yes to Last Blood, even though, as the author said, it's the worst of the worst. But that's that's where uh, Travolta's slumming these days. You get in that, then it feels like a bigger deal movie. Yeah. So no, I mean, no. Travolta, I want to watch that. To I'd watch be, them. For Travolta to be... In Gotti, which was, I think, wasn't it distributed or purchased by MoviePass, which is now dead. Yeah, and directed by E from Entourage. Directed that. My God. Gotti. Wow. That's so odd, because he, didn't he do like a 30 for 30? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to do a 30 for 30, then I'm going to do Gotti. Yeah. With Travolta. Huh. I don't know how he got that opportunity. And why Travolta, who's supposed to be so choosy, he's like famously. Really? He must yeah. have dropped that like. 15 years ago though no they say i think they say he still does he just doesn't have good taste anymore hmm. i mean he's if you look back he's actually turned down a lot of good movies and and there was huh. even there was one famous one i think which one was it where he like waited till the very last day like till they were like all right we need to know so you think and he's Travol- like all right i'll do it travolta then as the night white nationalist of going against rambo Definitely, he's definitely. I want him in there. Or border agent, he could be the border agent. Yeah, he's the border agent, and he's like, "Hey, Rambo, you keep going across the border, and then you're bringing dead people, but back, something's up. I'm gonna get you for it. You're throwing heads out of the of, your yeah, car window. What's going on here? Because I don't mind if the villain doesn't have to be evil. Like if the villain is somewhat justified, but then uses methods that are too far. Like that's what. Or well, even in the first one, because yes. uh, Brian Dennehy's not, not evil. evil. No, he just—it's wrong what he's doing. But that's like a systemic problem that we have of cops profiling and mistreating the vets, homeless and hippies. I mean that, yeah, go that. But it route. comes out of a place of trying to be protecting. 
It's right, how right. it's how that I, that idea of protecting can go too far. Mm-hmm. Like that father figure archetype can go too far when you're protecting and you end up becoming Yeah. We don't want fascist. you in your town, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a good We did our development heaven. We tried yeah. to save this franchise. We'll see what happens if they ever do a prequel or they ever do it. They might they were talking about a TV series too. We'll see. Uh, not crossing our fingers. I don't think you could have the character without him, do you? No, yeah. I think because like like we talked about how important how Rocky. he's better than people give him credit for. I don't know if it works. If it's yeah, it's the role he was born to play. I think you're right. So that's uh, I I definitely enjoyed looking back at the series, especially as a someone who didn't see any of the other ones, and it makes me want to revisit. We'll do. We'll probably do the first three of it. Or yeah, well, we're gonna have to. I and I. Uh, I've only seen like really bits and pieces of them and watching all these clips and reading about them, researching, it's made me want to watch all of them too. It's pretty I mean, funny. Just, yeah. As a love, as we love Stallone so much, I feel like we have to. And Hey, that's revisit. a good thing to point out for this podcast that even a bad sequel, even mm-hmm. if you don't like it and it's pointless and exactly. it shouldn't even exist. Mm-hmm. If it makes us realize and then revisit this, the franchise before it and look at first blood and then again, take another look at that. And true. See, there's validity, even in an, a movie that the director or the writer, the author of himself said. And we agree. It's a mess. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. It's, yes. It's it's funny because I was really actually like, do we really need to see this one? I guess so. It's a sequel. We'll, we'll do it. And just maybe it'll be funny, yeah. hopefully. And it was funny, but uh, parts of it, at least. I didn't want to. Yeah. After yeah. that 2008 Rambo and then this. After yeah. seeing it, I was kind of excited. Like, I can't wait to talk about this. This is so many different. It's so interesting how we think of the character, how different it is in the movie itself. And Yeah. Well, we should revisit the series because it's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, the prime examples of a series just taking on a whole new life in once it becomes sequelized, you know, from what it was supposed to originally be and from that original film. Yeah. So that was it. That's another... Another episode, Rambo Last Blood, spiritual sequel podcast. Rate, review us, subscribe. Keep listening. And if you, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the casting call and development heaven. If you have other ideas, put them in the review. If they're really good, we'll read them on the next episode. Tweet at us. Yeah. Brothers Jansen on Twitter or on Instagram. And let us know. Find us, follow us. It's going to be a lot of good movie and sequel material on there all right that's enough that'll be a wrap the sequel discussion to be continued